0: I looked this week with David, and I may come back and do some do some more preaching on that, maybe even tonight with David, but I'm going to be real, real plain this morning. When you uh, get into this text, you'll see I preached about probably six or seven messages out of this passage that we're going to look at this morning, and I've never preached what the Lord's laid on our heart for this hour, but this is where we are, and so I just want to be obedient unto the Lord. I've told you many, many times You'd be better off with a whole lot better off with God's message. You will with Brian's message. This is not necessarily the message that I would preach, but this is where we are, and so I hope it'll be a help and I hope it'll be a blessing and encouragement to you. Out here out of Second Kings, chapter number six, of course. A couple of the fellows in the Bible that are my heroes, and I've got many, but one of them is Elijah, and the other is Elisha. And we're going to look at the ministry of Elisha again today with that axe head. You say, man, I've heard, I've heard you preach six or seven messages on the axe head, and that's right, but you ain't never heard this, and I can assure you that. But here's 2 Kings chapter number six is where we're going to look, and uh, notice with me in verse number one. I'm not going to ask you to stand today, but the Bible said in 2 Kings chapter number six, and of course this is the miracle of the raising of the axe head out of the Jordan River. And the Bible said, 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 1, And the sons of the prophet said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. In other words, it was restricted... New growth brought about new obligations. This was basically what we had likened unto a school of the prophets, a Bible school, if you will. There were four locations that were found in the Old Testament where there was a there was a, what we had likened unto a Bible college. There was one at Gilgal, there was one at Bethel, there was one at Jericho, and also at Ramah, which was the hometown of Samuel. And, and this Bible uh, college had basically and, and basically. I guess you could say Elisha was the head professor or the dean of the school. It had grown so much, Brother Brandon, that they had run out of space. And the Bible said in verse number 2, Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take, take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. So here they are, Elisha. And the, the, the men that, that were there in the Bible college or in the school, they're, they're heading down to the Jordan River to cut wood. And the Bible said in verse number 4, And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. Verse 5 said, But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was barred. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Now let's pray. Father as about bow God in your presence Lord again this morning we say thank you Lord for the privilege just to pray I thank you for the good word of God. Now Lord I ask you to help this feeble preacher now to decrease that Jesus may be increased and lifted up I pray that you give us a memory and, and remembrance of the things you've laid on our heart for this hour. Speak to every heart if there's one lost God would just save one that just needs some help from another world. I pray that today would be that day where they get that assistance and that help from you. God meet every need now again I pray that Jesus may increase and I may decrease Meet every need right now. We'll thank you and we'll praise you. We ask it all in Jesus' name, and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Well, there's a lot of things I could say about this axe head. There's a lot of things that I've said from this pulpit out of 2 Kings chapter number 6 and these first seven verses. And there's a couple of things that just by, by mentioning it's worth hitting again. You'll notice with me in verse number 6: the Bible said, And the man of God said, Where fell it? And that was the axe head as it fell into the water. And the Bible said he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Oftentimes I look at this, and we've preached on the snapshots of the Lord Jesus in the Old Testament. You say, what does that mean, preacher? Well, there's a picture of the Lord Jesus in the Old Testament, I believe, on every page. And there's a great picture right here. You'll notice that that iron sunk down to the bottom of the Jordan River. And the Bible said that he cut down a stick. In other words, something had to die. He cut down that stick. He cut down that tree, threw it into the water. And when that thing went into the water, I read nowhere where that stick ever came out. You know what that stick literally did? It took the place of that old iron that had sunk down to the bottom. You know what that's a picture of? That's a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He went to the cross not for his sin, but for my sin and your sin and the sin of the whole wide world. Thank God. He bore it all so you and I could be set free from sin. But I never see anywhere where that stick ever came out. We think about that song that the lady sing: His life for mine. That's exactly what he did for you and I. And there's a picture of that that we could draw out by way of application, but that is not my thought for the hour today that God's placed on our heart. I want you to notice with me in verse number 5. The Bible said, but it's one, and that's one of the, the Bible students are there at that school. One was felling a beam, the axe head fell in the water, and he cried. In other words, it bothered him that he's lost his axe head, and he tells us why, alas, master, for it was borrowed. He didn't even have it. What he had lost was something that was borrowed. But here's the thought of the air Brother Dobie, is this right here. There's a lot of things. That th- imagine chopping wood and cutting down those trees, and they were doing a work for a service for the Lord. And by the way, you can still uh, be busy for the Lord, and you can still lose your edge. That's still worth hitting and still worth noting again. But I'm not preached on that either. That guy was cutting, didn't think a thing about it, brother Danny, while he was chopping wood until he lost the head of that axe. You say, "Well, now what's that got to do with me?" God sent me by to remind somebody that there's things that you and I will take for granted that we will not miss until it's gone. There's things that we have right now that you have right now that you're chopping along, you ain't thinking a thing about it. Sometimes we even take it for granted, Brother Kevin. But there'll come a day if we live long enough that what we got right now we might not have tomorrow. God sent me by to remind myself and everyone here that there's things you and I better not take for granted. There's things that we better be mindful of and remindful of, things that we take for granted that could be here today and gone tomorrow. Think about liberty. All these are going to start with L. But think about the liberty that we have today. Most of us take that for granted. We do. There's other parts of the world that would love to have the freedoms that we have in the United States of America. I mean, we've come to service today, and sure it's a little different now than it used to. We've got panic doors and, and other things here at the church try to keep folks safe. And it's hard to believe we'd ever be in a point in this country that we'd have to do that. But there's places in other parts of the world that they have to go underground to preach the gospel. If they mention Jesus, they can have their head cut off. And how many times we take that for granted with the liberty that we have here in the United States of America. Just to come in the freedom to worship the God of heaven. Now listen, we, we don't agree with the Jehovah's false witness. We don't agree with the Muslims and the Buddhists. But thank God here in America, they've got the freedom to worship the God of their choice. And we do as well. Well, to thank God for that. Freedom come. With a cost of our soldiers, those at foreign soil and even here at home have fought so you and I could have the freedom that we had of the that's why I am pro-American flag. I, I have zero tolerance for those that disrespect it and kneel and see it and, and stand and won't or won't stand up for the American flag. Man, I got I got zero respect for somebody like that. Now here's the thing, they've got the, the freedom of choice to do that because the freedom that you have here in America. And Brother Wayne's talking about that too. I tell you what, I I think some folks just need an attitude adjustment just like that basketball player that got arrested was kneeling before before she got apprehended over there in, in Russia. And I think the last time they had the national anthem, I think that hand was over her heart and she was standing up. Why is that? Well, you don't appreciate the freedom that you have until it's gone. We ought to thank God for the liberty that we have in this country. Think about this. You think about liberty. Liberty has to do with being bound. There's another aspect of liberty that we better not take for granted. We better appreciate Think about the liberty that we have just to be able to function. Think about our faculties. Now, I'm talking about our to be able to walk, to be able to talk, to be able to have the cognitive ability to, to understand and to relay messages. There may come a time, if we live long enough, there are certain conditions that may come our way that we, we may no longer have the liberty that we have right now. And you won't appreciate it until it's gone. When those golden years come, you know, there's a blessing to getting older. But there's also the curse to getting older. Ain't that right, brother? I mean, I used to tell them a while ago, I've got, I don't know what the, the doctor said, is some kind of tendonitis here in, in this elbow. And I've always liked to shake hands. Man, it hurts my elbow anymore to shake hands. Certain things, you can do certain things, but it hurts. You should never have to worry about that. You used to jump pretty high, man. I don't know what my vertical leap is now, but it ain't what it used to be. And as young as I used to be, and none of us are, all of us are getting older. But now if you've got the ability to do what you do, we, we go through life, we take it for granted so many times, and you will not appreciate it until it's gone. Am I telling it right Those of you got some years on, you know what I'm talking about. Just about in the last year, I've had to pick up these glasses. I can't read. I don't like using glasses, and I don't like having to take them on and off, but I don't want to stagger and fall off this platform either. That's why they come off of my head. I've got a pair of bifocals. I ain't figured that out yet, man. As long as I'm driving, I'm good, but when I'm walking, it makes me dizzy, so I can't do that yet. Now, I may have to at some point or the other, but I'm simply saying these old bodies are geared to wear out. And a lot of times we go through life every day, Brother Ed, and we don't even appreciate. We're not thankful for what God does for us Amen. until it's gone. Boy, there's things we take for granted. When that old boy was cut with that ass, he was doing good until he lost it. And there's some things he probably took for granted that he had that edge. He had always had that edge. Well, listen, you better thank God for the freedom we have, the liberty that we have in America, the liberty that we have to live and to move and to have our being because we live long enough. There's going, and if the Lord tarries is coming, there's some things we're not going to be able to do what we used to do. This old body wears out. How many of us, as we get a little bit older, say, man, I wish I'd have done that when I was able to do that? And see, there's a lot of folks got to the point now where they're not able to do what they used to do. So you better, you better give God your best, by the way. Remember the Creator in your youth, as the ecclesiastical writer had said unto us, don't wait till you're old, worn out, and washed up to serve God. You better give God your best years. And if you're older, listen, God still wants to use you, by the way. As I look this week, Brother Harold's here serving. Sister Nina here serving. Many of our senior saints were serving. Many of the new folks coming in. There's a great mixture of folks that are serving. There's something for you to do, but you better be doing it while you're still able to do it, because there'll come a time if you live long enough, you ain't going to be able to do what you can do right now. And those things we take for granted, those things that we we don't even think about until they're gone. What about this? Not only. Not only our liberty in a country and liberty in our body to do what we can do because we're not bound and restricted by some kind of health issue yet. But think about this. What about our loved ones? What about our loved ones? A lot of times we just go day by day and don't think about them. And uh, man, when they're gone, they're gone. A lot of times we take for granted those that we love dear. Maybe a mom or dad, a grandma or grandpa, maybe a husband or a wife. And maybe they say, well, my husband gets on my nerves. My wife gets on my nerves. Y'all just thank God you got one. Amen. Yeah, man. <laughs> say, well, the only good thing my husband does is go to work. Well, you ought to tell him, thank God, thank you for going to work. So my only good thing my wife does is cook. We ought to thank God she cooks. Amen. First Thessalonians 5, 18 said, In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus, concerning you, all of us can find some good somewhere along the way. Amen. Amen. A lot of times we take for granted. We got that, just like that old boy chopping with that axe. He didn't think a thing about it until he lost it. And man, it bothered him. He cried. And it'll bother you when you lose not only your liberty, but also that loved one. You better not take that for granted. Again, we've got a thing that we do at the house. We've done it ever since. Christy and I have been married. When I leave, or we go to bed, whatever, wake up in the morning, I, I love you. I love you. We do that, Garrett, and Gracie. We do that. And, and we try to extend that expression. Well, they know that, they, that I love them. Why don't you tell them? You better tell them because there may come a time where you ain't going to be able to tell them. Amen. Things we take for granted. Loved ones. when's the last time you said, hey, I love you? There'll come a day and a lot of, a lot of folks would love to go back and just one more time just say, hey, I love you. But you know what? Things we take for granted. Liberty, loved ones. What about this livelihood? What about our livelihood? You say, well, what are you talking about there, preacher? I'm talking about that job. Oh, man, I, I got to get up in the morning. I got to go and I got to do this. I got to do it. I got man, it gets on my nerves so bad. You want to appreciate that job until you ain't got it. Yeah, man. I've seen a lot of folks that, that's gripe through the years, and, and listen, I get it, I understand, that's just our human nature, we just like to gripe, most of us do, amen, I think it's in our DNA to gripe and complain about things, but things could always probably be better, but things could also be a whole lot worse, You ought to thank God for the livelihood that you have. God give you the strength and give you the grace to get up in the morning, give you strength to go and and to punch a time clock or whatever you do, if you're self-employed, if you work for an employer. Listen, thank God for the job that you do have because that job can be taken away and the things you take for granted today might be gone tomorrow. Amen. That old boy, he's chopping along. It didn't bother him until he lost what he had. There's things we take for granted that won't really bother us until we no longer have it. Think about the liberty that we have here in the United States of America, the liberty that we have in our body. We're not bound and restricted. You ought to thank God for that. Don't take that for granted. Thank God for it. But then we think about uh, then, then our livelihood and, and our loved ones. There'll come a time when, when, when they're gone and we will miss them. But think about this. For what about, I call this the lamp. You say, what is the lamp? When I'm referencing the lamp, you could reference the light. But I liken that unto the local church. Stay with me now. To the lamp that shines as a beacon to a lost and dying world. I say thank God for Faith Community Baptist Church. (laughs) Thank God for the churches around that are standing on the principles of the Word of God. But you wouldn't believe the folks that take for granted, even the ministry here at Faith Community Baptist Church. The lamp. Well, it'll always be there. Do you know there's churches in... In Yakin County, that they thought would be there, that's no longer really there. They're no longer a lamp. They're no longer a light. We're not exempt here. Everybody understand that? I mean, you better not take for granted what God has given us right here on the side of the road. Out here, as one preacher came by and said, Man, you're in the middle of nowhere. And when I was at Mount Sinai, they said, Man, your church reminds me of Calvary because it's on a hill far away. Out in the middle of nowhere. God puts a place, a lamp, a light, a beacon. Yep. Too many times, folks, handle the church carelessly, That's right. flippantly. Right. And you won't miss it until it's gone. Right. Amen. Everybody understand what I just said? <laughs> you won't miss it until it's gone. So you better... You better not take for granted the lamp, the church that God has given. If you belong to another church, maybe you're just vigilant. You ought to thank God for your local church. Man, it'll, it'll work anywhere, man. It ain't just isolated right here to faith, community, bad Everybody that's part of a fundamental Bible preacher, you ought to thank God for the lamp that God's given you. Right. Amen. But just like that old boy chopping, he's chopping that ax. Man, he ain't thinking nothing about it until it's gone. That's exactly how it is with the Liberty. It's how it is with loved ones. That's how it is with our livelihoods and our jobs. You won't appreciate it until it's gone. But think about that lamp of that light. But what about this fifth one? What about leadership? What about leadership? You say, well, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, you, you, can, you, you can say nationally. You can say locally. But you don't appreciate leadership until you ain't got it. <laughs> oh, there's a lot I can say right there nationally right now. But you know what I'm saying? You don't appreciate it until it's gone. When when the righteous are in power, you know what I mean. Blessed is that nation. But man, when the unrighteous is in power, you know what the alternative is there. And listen, folks, we ought to take. We ought not ever take for granted the leadership that God has placed in our lives, not only on a national scale but also on a local scale. Think about here and even in our. We could use our church, for example. Now, we all do this. I guarantee every one of us do it. We don't think about this, Brother Brandon. We think about the leadership. Let's just use within this church. What about pastor? What about youth pastor? What about college and career pastor? What about our pianist? What about our youth director? What about our sound men? What about our deacons? What about our Sunday school teachers? What about the ladies that serve? What about the vacation Bible school workers? What about van drivers? What about Brother Jamie that stands back there and smiles and greets everybody that comes in to the house of God? Have you ever told any of them thank you? Oh, they'll always be there. That ain't always the case. Everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. better thank God for leadership. Mm -hmm. Things you take for granted. You know, in our culture... A lot of folks say, man, I, and a lot of people may. I hope you don't have this mentality, but I hope you don't say, man, I got to go to church. No, you get to go to church. Man, I got to serve the Lord. No, you get to serve the Lord. Man, I got to sing. No, you get to sing. Man, I got to read my Bible. I got to pray. No, you get to read your Bible and you get to pray. You ought to thank God for that. Because there'll come a day when this preacher ain't going to be here. they going to come a day when Brother Brandon ain't going to be here. they going to come a day when Brother Evan ain't going to be here. Ain't going to come a day when Sister Savannah ain't going to be here, when Daddy ain't going to be here. The deacons, Brother Howard, Brother Wayne, that's been in here for a long time, they ain't going to be here no more. The sound men ain't going to be here. If the Lord tarries His coven, we're going to check out of here. You better not take for granted what you got. Amen. Amen. God sent me back to remind somebody that if somebody's made a difference in your life, you better let them know. Because there will come a day when it's too late. That old boy's chopping along. He ain't thinking a thing about it until it's gone. What he took for granted for so long, Brother Danny, is now gone. We better not take for granted the liberty that we have. That can be taken away. I hope you see in our, our country's day. And listen, thank God for the United States. Again, I don't want to live anywhere else. But it's not what it used to be. A lot of our freedom's slowly slipping away. And you better thank God for the freedom that you have. Most of us don't even realize we take for granted what we got with the ability that we have today to serve. Well, I'll serve the Lord one day. Well, one day you won't have the faculties that you've got right now, so you better do it now. One day that loved one's gonna be gone. One day that livelihood that you gripe and complain about, it may be taken away, and you're not you won't appreciate it until it's Gone. We think about that lamp, that light, the local church that God is. Think about the leadership that God has placed in your life, man. There'll come a time when that's gone. But think about this: What about the Lord? How many of us take for granted the Lord? (laughs) Probably every. Well, ain't no probably about it. We might as well just be honest about it, including me. Every one of us. We all take the Lord for granted. Every one of us. He's the one that gives us breath. The Bible said there in the book of Acts, we live, we move, we have our being because of Him. Amen. And we better not take Him for granted. You know, the Bible said in Isaiah 55, in verse number 6, He said, come unto me, well, it didn't say come unto me, but basically He says, come and while I'm near. Call, call you upon the Lord while He is near. That's basically what it says. Oh, that lets us know there's a time when the Lord's not going to be near. And it talks about Him being found. Seek the Lord while He may... There it is. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. That lets us know there'll be a time when the Lord won't be found. That means, Brother Randy, there's a time when the Lord won't be near. You say, well, wait a minute now. The Bible said in Hebrews that the Lord will not forsake us. That's right. But also, you've got to read in Romans chapter number 1. The Bible said, verse number 24, God gave them up. Verse number 26 of Romans 1, God gave them up. Verse number 28, God gave them over unto a reprobate mind. You know what Romans 1 is a picture of? That's people being abandoned by God. We don't like to think about that. We don't like to talk about that, but that's a biblical fact. You know what? You can survive if I abandon you. If you abandon me, man, I'll be all right. But man, when God abandons you and he gives you up and gives you up and turns you over unto a reprobate mind which is unfit, I mean ungodly, you're done. But there was a time previously in Romans chapter 1 when they knew God. They knew about God, but they, they turned their ears away from the truth. They sure did. There's a time when the Lord can be found there's a time when you can call on him, and that's right now. You know what? You, a lot of folks have said, you know, preacher, I'll get saved one day. One, I couldn't tell you. Amen. Brother Ed, I couldn't tell you the people that's told me. Preacher, I'll get saved, just not today. And that's the greatest lie of the devil. The devil will never tell you don't get saved. He'll never tell you don't get saved. He'll just say don't get saved today. <laughs> don't Don't get saved today. Get saved sometime later. Listen, you better get saved when God deals with your heart. You better not take for granted the opportunity that you have right now. The Bible even said in the, in the book of 2 Corinthians that now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Friend, there's a real literal hell that people are going out into every day. The Bible even said that hell is enlarging itself every day. People are going out into eternity that probably thought, yeah, I got tomorrow. I got next week. I got another hour. But the reality was death came. It might be cancer. It might be a heart attack, man. It might be Alzheimer's. Ty- it might be dementia. It may be some kind of tragic accident that you're going to face. But friend, we're going out into eternity. One day And the Bible still said in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 27, and as it is of unto men, wants to die. But after this, the judgment. The bottom line is this. God has given us right now. Right now. And we all make plans. We're planning the kids going to camp. June 10th. That's a plan. That plan may not happen. Well, I'll wait till I get to camp and I'll get right with God. Oh, we got revival scheduled in October. Brother Gammon's going to come. I, I, I'll renew my life. I'll rededicate my life then. That might not come. Right. Well, preacher, I know I need to get saved. I've never been saved. I, I'm a good moral person, but I've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sin. I've never called on the name of the Lord, asked God to save me. But one day I will. Man, you're, you're not promised another day, Amen. it's right now. Things we take for granted that you won't miss until they're gone. You better thank God for the liberty that God gives you. Nationally as Americans, American citizens, the liberty you have to live and to move and have your being, you ought to thank God for that. Then you say, well, preacher, my leg hurts. Well, thank God you got a leg. Well, my arm hurts. Thank God you got an arm. I can't see what I used to see, but thank God you can still see because there's a lot that can't. You don't have to look far to find something to be thankful for. Amen. And you ain't got to look far to see somebody a whole lot worse off than we are. But listen, we ought not take for granted the liberty that we have, the loved ones that we have. You ought to tell somebody that you love, that you love them. might be the last opportunity. I remember Brother Harold making a statement not long ago. Brother Harold said, I never know when it's going to be the last time I'm going to sit in the house of God. Ain't, do you remember you saying that? You know what? This might be the last opportunity for somebody. I mean, this may be the last service you're sitting in. You say trying to scare? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just being honest. You don't know. I don't know. This might be my last sermon. It might be my last message, man. I'm planning on preaching tonight, but this could be it. Now, if I leave, I want y'all to know I love you. Now, you just remember that. If I leave out of here, say, "Well, that preacher was mean." You better know I loved you. Praise the Lord. But we got loved ones that could be gone. Our livelihood, that job, don't take that for granted. You say, well, it could be better. yet; it could be worse too. So you better thank God for the livelihood God has given to you. You better thank God for the lamp and the light that God has placed in your life right here in East Bend, North Carolina. Don't take it for granted. Thank God for the leadership that you have. It may not always be intact. It may not always be in place you better thank God for. And you better thank God for the Lord that you can call on him while he's near. You ought to thank God you can seek him while he may be found because there will come a day. You won't be able to find him. There'll come a day when he ain't going to be around. Sister Caitlin's coming. This morning as we stand all over the house, God sent me by to remind maybe myself, but somebody. There's some things you and I don't need to take for granted. That old boy, he didn't think a thing about it. Chopping that wood until he lost that edge and it bothered him. But Boy, there's some things you and I don't need to take for granted. Let's pray, Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to bow our head, God, one more time. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to every heart. There's one here today that's never been born again, never been saved. I pray, Lord, that right now, God, you'd deal with that heart. I pray that you'd love all and Lord. Help them see that they can be forgiven of all of their sin. But, God, if you're dealing with that heart, God, help them to respond by faith. Lord, I pray that you'd bless today, meet every need. Help us, Lord, not to take for granted what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, for the liberty that we have. Thank you, Lord, for our loved ones that you've placed in our life. Thank you for the livelihood that you placed to allow us to eat and to put clothes and shoes on our feet. God, thank you for the lamp that you placed in our lives where we can come and we can get those batteries charged up. Thank you, Lord, for the leadership, Lord, of my own personal life that's made a vast difference and an impact on me. Thank you Lord for those But Lord thank you for you And your goodness, your love, your mercy and your grace Lord help us not to take that for granted God would you save sinners today Would you help the saints of God Somebody needs some help today Lord Meet every need I pray in Jesus name Hello friends, this is Brian Pondexter The pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church Located at 2216 Hennings Road In East Bend, North Carolina so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus of Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m., with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat-and-meat service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy Word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say... Many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear: we all will leave this world someday. For the Bible says in Hebrews chapter nine and verse twenty-seven, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans three twenty-three said, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." The prophet Isaiah said in chapter fifty-three and verse six, "All we like sheep have gone astray." We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words and good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2 the Bible said therefore by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God you must understand that you're loved I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16 it said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life Romans 5 and verse 8 declares but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4 in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved you might ask the question preacher how can I be saved that's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16 verse 30 and 31 he asked Paul and Silas he said sirs what must I do to be saved they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house